Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, this is Power Card, a.k.a. Project Pat, and you're listening to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, the best Ravens podcast on the planet. back to another edition of the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast. It is Monday, December 23rd. December 23rd. And the Baltimore wow. Ravens are the number one seed in the American Football Conference in 2019. I think we can just go ahead and say they're the number one seed in the NFL. Even though it's not a thing, they're the number one seed in the NFL. Expound on that. They have beaten... The 49ers, they've beaten everybody. They've beaten the Patriots, they've beaten the 49ers. The only team they haven't beat is the Saints. Um, And then I guess maybe like the Packers, but they're the number one seed in the NFL. They're the unanimous top-ranked team in power rankings. They are DVOA-wise, according to Football Outsiders. I mean, I can't imagine this game negatively impacts them. And they're one of the top five teams of all time. Uh, according to the DVOA, so they're the number one seed in the NFL. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna keep saying that. How would this game negatively impact them? Do you think it's just the beginning where they kind of couldn't get things going, or? I mean, DVOA wise, they won by two scores. They didn't turn. They lost a fumble. They didn't throw an interception. Um, they didn't let up a ton of yards. They were efficient as far as converting and preventing uh, third down conversions. Uh, the only real, I mean, negative thing in this game was penalties, and boy, were there a lot that of penalties. Was, there was some questionable stuff going on for sure. Right. So I think they, uh, I think they're they're going to get a positive spin on DB away from this. So we might see them get up into the, the four or three spot. And all those teams were serious Super Bowl contenders. So 
hopefully that's able to remain true. That's what you like to see. We're big DVOA guys, so uh, having them be atop that perch would be something fantastic to see. Uh, but yeah, I guess we just kind of jumped right into it without any sort of preface. The Ravens defeating the Browns today. Uh, let me pull the score up real quick. Very professional. Uh, the score, obviously, of course, filibuster, filibuster was 31 to 15. Uh, Ravens walking out of Cleveland with the win. So they mathematically knocked the Browns out of contention, which is something that you hate to see for a team that uh, won the Super Bowl in the offseason and beat the they Ravens. They really did. The, yeah, they They're- beat the Ravens in week four, 40 to 25. People don't really talk about that, but it did happen. Uh, so yeah, it's sick to, uh, you know, see that happen. You, you hate to see the Brownies and their fans be, you know, cast off like that. But as far as the game, I guess we can just jump back to the beginning. What was your viewing experience like? My viewing experience was, I mean, it was just me and a couple buddies and, uh, they didn't get off to a hot start that's for sure it felt like they were pressing really hard now was the uh, franchise making you those uh what, what were they like chicken nuggets or something yeah going on oh no it was it was just me and my buddies and uh my my buddy jared got us a platter of chick-fil-a nuggets yeah and I was certainly that was our that. Uh, our enjoyable delight for the game as well as some some miller lights some chick-fil-a and miller light the ultimate combination yeah, we were talking a little bit offline about your uh, your shotgunning videos. More and more impressed each week on on this side of the aisle. I'm just in awe of you with your uh, your thumb thing that you do with the shotgunning. I you know I can only dream to be as sick as you one day. But yeah, for me it was uh, it, it's been a long day. I'll, I'll just say that right now. Um, went to Mother's for the uh, all you can drink situation they had going on there. Our buddy Barstool Banks hosting uh that's 25 dollars all you can drink so uh yeah hung out there with a friend of the show matt pine had a nice day hung out with banks a little bit very nice guy so uh shout out to him for doing a great job with that uh but yeah it was a fun raucous environment to watch the ravens clinch the number one seed in i will say that i'm sure and then once it was over i'm sure it was a madhouse and then the old patio outside or is it too cold do they shut the patio? no yeah there's so they don't do the patio for away games which we found out it's more like, really I didn't yeah know so it's that back room setup that they have where they they mm. you know get all the, the party goers going so we were back there having a grand old time so uh that was cool and all um but yeah matt and i probably had a little too much fun the night before of course we wound up at, at the uh, casino so uh yeah, the night before was, you know, precluding me from maybe getting off to the hot start that I wanted to get off to on Sunday morning. But regardless, I, I made a day of it, and uh, yeah, it was it was well worth my time. So that was fun. Um, but yeah, it didn't get off to a great start in the actual game. Ravens, you know, not scoring on their first couple of drives, which isn't something that you typically see. And then Cleveland opening things up with a uh, touchdown. I think it was one one of their tight ends. Um, who was Ricky it? Seals Jones? Seals Jones, yeah, and then or was um, it? No, excuse me, it was uh, Harris. Damian Harris, maybe. No, I can't think of his first name off the top of my head, but uh, yeah, he had a really nice catch. Baker put a back shoulder little jump ball on Chuck Clark, played the ball, or excuse me, played the man, not the ball, and he was able to make a snag. And uh, yeah, the I mean, it was uh, funny because Tony Romo and Jim Nance, their their commentary was, you know, oh, can, can the Ravens play from behind? I wouldn't, I wouldn't really consider being down six to nothing because they missed the extra point. Yeah, they missed the extra that. point, six nothing, and then you know it's kind of where was your head at at that point? Because me, I was not really that worried to be honest. Um, it looked kind of it had some similar 
so this was major takeaway was that it had the same feel and look play calling wise of relying on the receivers and using a lot of 11 personnel. Well, the first start. game is kind of what you're driving at, right? That the chiefs game, the Steelers game, the 49ers game. Uh, those were the games this season that I would say the Ravens weren't able to really find their rhythm necessarily. And this game was different than those because they did certainly find their rhythm uh, into the, the second quarter. And Lamar Jackson, it, it just seemed like it clicked. Something just snapped into place. The, the pieces of the puzzle all of a sudden fit together and were able to find a rhythm. They were using a ton of five wide, four wide spread stuff. And it seemed like they were hesitating, or maybe Lamar was hesitating to really attack the seams until they reached like a breaking point. And all of a sudden, Lamar Jackson threw for 138 yards in like five actual minutes. And it's 14 to six after the two Mark Andrews strikes. So Lamar just dialed in all of a sudden, and it seemed like he was able to somehow, for the first time, flip a switch in game. From I'm kind of pressing, you know, forcing some throws, throwing outside and not really high percentage passes into I'm just going to do my damn thing and shoot the ball up the seam to Andrews and spread the ball out. He was, Then he started to started to scramble a little bit more, which obviously always opens things up once you get those uh, second that secondary attention, those perimeter defenders attention to, oh, crap, we need to go stop this guy. Then you see a busted coverage, Mark Andrews. Then the Ravens had a masterful drive to sneak down and have the ball with about nine seconds left with no timeouts. Yeah, they w- so they were strike. going into the two-minute warning. Like it was a few minutes ago or a few seconds ago until the two-minute warning. They were down 6 nothing, and they walked out of the first half up 14-6. Yeah, and that's something that we haven't seen a ton with the Ravens laundry, as you like to say. So it was really positive. It was good to see the Ravens able to snap in to being efficient and effective. And the justice Hill little swing pass, uh, was a, was a huge catalyst there on that drive and kind of opening things up through the seam. We saw a couple nice little out routes and comebacks, a Seth Roberts catch and uh, Roberts actually had a huge performance on that drive. He was very underrated in this game. I think he, uh, was a big He's part. on the year. Oh, yeah. yeah, no doubt. And he was like a big part in, you know, them coming back on it. It kind of reminded me of like when everyone used to clown on like Ed Dixon, but he would like always, I felt like every couple of games have a, you know, a big drive or two that would like help them get back into things. So it was reminiscent of that in my mind. But yeah, it was just weird. Like for me, like I wouldn't say I'm a pessimistic fan, but like I kind of always try to keep things in perspective. But like with this one, when they were going down and everything, I was just like, you know what? Like, it doesn't matter. Like, they're going to come back and they're going to win this thing. And uh, I think those two drives kind of encapsulated why I believe that. The talent, the scheme, and I think the belief in uh, Jackson to sort of will them to what they need to do is, uh, you know, really not on par with anyone else's here. I think it's much better than any other team uh, has, you know, built their their quarterback up or has built their roster up around their quarterback. Um, even, you know, counting Mahomes this year, obviously he's uh, had some issues with injuries, but uh, I just think the the plan and the, you know, the, the scheme around Lamar, I think is just, it's, it's given me confidence to the point that uh, they can kind of, you know, go to toe to toe with anyone. And uh, even on not their best day, which this first half certainly wasn't their best day. I think uh, I'm going to be confident in them to, you know, pull, pull, you know, something out of their, their, uh, a pull, rabbit out of their pull, head. Pull a rabbit out of their head, as a friend of the show, Jason Witten, would say. So, <laughs> uh, 
um, yeah, it was awesome, and it was good to see him able to click. And it feels like – so there was the, the muffed exchange between Ingram and Jackson, and it seemed like you know they were showing the – CBS was showing the sideline a ton, and it seemed like Jackson was obviously frustrated, and that's kind of become his – one of his things that the, the talking heads like to point to that, you know, he doesn't he like gets mad by his mistakes or whatever. It was it was kind of, you know, for me, it was like, all right, you know, you dropped it. Get over it a little bit. But so it's not your that, uh, your Super Saiyan moment. No, he didn't flip out. He he did have a I think we saw actually a hair. He was pissed saying. Yeah, he was he was pissed. I think we saw that after he threw the second touchdown. And he starts doing that. He starts slapping his helmet and talking to himself and getting really into his own head space of like I like he is his own harshest critic and he is the only critic that he holds himself accountable to. And and his he, mom. What'd you say? And his mom. And his mom. Yes. The super eight, the eight principles of life, the reason he wears eight, all that good stuff. Right. But he started to, you know, have be pissed off for greatness. I'm just going to come back to it. I've said it before that that Ray Lewis mantra, be pissed off for greatness. And he gets so pumped by his success in those difficult moments. And this was a microcosm of growth and the ability to overcome an instance of difficulty. And that's something that we saw with that Chargers game that now, you know, famous Chargers game where he was able to turn it on after a while and the Ravens stuck with him. But is that, that the game where they put seven shorter. defensive backs on the field? I don't know why they don't do that every game. Like, you know, yeah, I'm just, shocked the Browns didn't put seven DBs on the field. That actually, you know, probably so easy to easy to uh, stop this offense. Just got to put we seven actually defensive backs out missed there. one major note, and that is that the Browns have been it's not eliminated shocking from the that we missed a major note. Go ahead. The Ravens kicked the Browns out of the playoffs today. They did. They so, had a chance. Things actually crumbled the exact way that they needed to, other than getting a W. And it was interesting. The Browns were very feisty in the first half, and you kind of saw in the second half. A they have bit a good roster. Like you can't discount that. Like they're they're very talented. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if the Browns are able to maybe execute some blocks a little bit more and run the ball a little bit more, obviously their play calling has been getting a ton of uh, criticism throughout the year, and I can kind of attest to that in this game that. I would have liked to see a little bit more honest runs and true runs and a little bit less razzle-dazzle and uh, some more maybe rollouts for Baker, a couple more things. But anyway, uh, they kind of seemed deflated in the second half, and the Ravens were able to eat momentum and just build on it. And there's a game that I play on my phone. It's going to be ridiculous, but there's a game I play on my phone where you're a shark. Play as a shark, and the shark eats fish, and the shark gets bigger and bigger, and then it goes from a tiger shark into a great white, et cetera, et cetera. And it feels like the Ravens are able to eat momentum and grow on momentum and feast upon it so well. And it translates from the offense to the defense and vice versa that the defense can make a stand and the offense doesn't let them down very often. So it's it's good to see. It feels like they really do operate as a 53-man unit. And it's cliche, it's tacky, whatever, but they eat momentum, they operate as a unit, and this is a, a team that thrives on each other's success, like a true brotherhood, some Semper Fi type shit. What is that game on your phone called? I deleted it a while ago. What the it, fuck? If, you can't just you, drop it like that and then say you deleted I it. I beat it, I beat it. It didn't, like, you You can beat it. And oh, then just, sick brag, you beat the game. Nice, dude. Yeah, I beat a mobile game on my phone. Sick. I beat a phone game. 
Yeah, but no, it was uh, – I was interested with the way that the play calling ended up going because it looked like they were getting you know some really successful plays out of uh, just running the ball with Ingram and Edwards a little bit early on. I don't know if I would say they went away from that, but um, I think with the fumble and everything that went on, they kind of didn't necessarily run the ball as much as I would want them to. You know, Roman for – as good as he's you know been this year, I think there have been some moments where it's like you kind of can't really jive with what he's doing, which is going to happen with any offensive coordinator. But I wanted to see them run it a little bit more. It kind of wasn't working out. But then, I mean, you know, to their credit, they said, fuck it, we're going to throw it. And they threw it over the top. And uh, that's ultimately what ended up winning them the game with Jackson having uh, three touchdown passes on the game. Uh, he also had over 100 rushing yards on the ground. So that's pretty. A very casual 100 rushing yards. Yeah, I mean, you know, it kind of really wasn't mentioned. It's another 100-yard rushing uh, game for him. I think that is getting him close to, if not beating the record for 100-yard rushing games by a quarterback. I believe it ties. Yeah, okay, so it ties the record for 100-yard rush efforts by a quarterback in a season. So uh, good job by old LJ Era 8 today for sure. Absolutely. And in this entire season, the most impressive thing to me yet again, time and time again, is not turning the ball over. And he had that one fumble, but that happened. It was what it was. It wasn't a pick, though. And those fumbles are annoying when they happen. They've obviously decreased so much, but interceptions are a problem. Go watch, you know, Jameis Winston, who's the talk of town now. Everybody loves to make their Jameis Winston joke. That's like the the trendy, you know, meme, whatever of 2019. But so Lamar Jackson has 30. To be fair, I mean, he threw a pick like within two minutes yesterday. That was pretty sick. Yeah, they were, they were like five for six. when he Yeah, that he five threw like five inter- five touchdowns on like four interceptions. <laughs> like, it's, pretty... it's it's the running joke of tw- it's it's the like. No, I know what you mean. It's like the it's the, the, it's the trendy. Yeah, like exactly. It's like all the Twitter writers are like getting their their takes off and stuff, which is like kind of annoying. But like he it's it's truly hilarious. I love Janus. It really is. And Jackson now has 36 touchdown passes. There's only two other quarterbacks in the history of the NFL that have ever thrown 36 or more touchdown passes and had six or fewer interceptions, and that's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. Brady did it in 2010, throwing 36, four picks. Rodgers had a couple where he kind of broke that. He had 45 and six and 38 and five. 36 also breaks the record for Ravens touchdown passes, which was held by one uh, Vincent Testaverde, Jr., the third. Uh, So nice job by Lamar to break that one. We kind of saw it coming, but uh, there you go. A little feather in your cap there, number eight. We didn't necessarily know he was – well, excuse me. The record was lower than I remembered. But, yeah, he he did that. We didn't see that coming in the beginning of the season for sure. The only person that we have talked to throughout the duration of the offseason, like, at all, was our buddy Emery Hunt, who we had on back in early August, I believe – and he called it, man. He really was the only person that I've heard say in all of the media, essentially, that – I mean he's a guy who calls games, does all kinds of stuff. And he said – I think he predicted 34 touchdown passes. And I would throw Waldman in there too. I, I don't know if he put a number on it or anything, but he clearly was a big believer as well. Yes, for sure. Um, so those two guys. But the season that Lamar Jackson has had is – all decade worthy. I mean, what Mahomes did last year, we saw an awesome season out of Aaron Rodgers a few years ago, uh, back in 2014. And then Tom Brady's 2010 season, as I alluded to. So Jackson has put up numbers. And then if you want to look at it, sure, whatever, I don't, I'm not fully versed in who those teams played and the entire circumstances and this, that, and the other, but 
they've played the who's who of the NFL, beat them. Jackson's 22 and ran for 1,200 yards. Fum- lost two fumbles now in the season. And that's an all-time great season. And, I mean, he said he wanted to continue playing after this game and we'll get in the second half and stuff, but there's no reason for him to play. I would be complete error and foolishness to have him play in the final week regardless. And if you want to talk about momentum or something or whatever, they're already going to be off for a week. So that's irrelevant, means no difference. And Jackson really did it. He's obviously the MVP. Has He was like minus 3,000 on most books, minus 2,000 or higher on most books this week. And then we saw Russell Wilson really shit the bed, tried his very hardest. I know you all care to, to ruin my fantasy day. No, everyone Jackson. cares. Tell us all, tell, regale us with your tales of your fantasy team. Just very quickly, I have made a very couple executive quickly. decisions. I started DJ Moore. Who executive decisions, one, the executive. One catch for one yard, DJ Moore. Tyler Lockett, one catch for 12 yards. I started the Bills defense, who played admirably, minus one. So between those three entities, I had less than two points. I had Tyler Boyd and Devontae Parker on my bench who combined for over 50. I started DeAndre Washington as Derrick Henry got benched, who had led me to this here said championship. And I won the final score 114.12 to 112.26. By less than two points, I won by the hairs on my chinny chin chin. And it feels good, man. Back to back. For anyone curious as to why this is a uh, very low-T recording of this episode, uh, we had to delay it several uh, – I, I don't know if I'd say hours, but a, a decent amount of time. Several hours. Good, several chunk, hours. good chunk of time because uh, this gentleman was watching his whole fantasy season play out in front of his eyes. So uh, congrats to you for making the fantasy championship. Shout out to Tyreek Hill. Thank you, Cheetah. Yeah. He you got, know, love to see that – love to see the – I needed 8.2. He got me 9.7. Love to see the so great love guys. To see the good guys. Yeah, love to see the great guys out there doing doing their thing for you. So that's great. Spencer Schultz, Tyreek Hill, the good guys. That's that's a win for the good guys. Yeah, you're basically just uh, the good Dr. Schultz out there. Just, you know, with your, your herd. My of, horse Fritz. Exactly. You're just shepherding the you know, good young men around. But holy shit, we got off the rails there, didn't we? We did a little bit, but yeah, uh, let's throw it to commercial. We'll come back. Okay. All right, we're back. So second half, what is there to touch on? It feels like penalties. Penalties, definitely. It feels like they pulled away uh, big time, you know, starting with obviously the sequence, you know, leading into the half, but they started to pull away uh, with the touch and pass to Ingram. Anything specifically catching your eye? The touchdown pass to Ingram was definitely a huge moment. Um, There was some really big one-on-ones and a lot of DBs for the Ravens, specifically on islands in this game. We saw Marcus Peters have a really big – one was a little bit lucky where a ball was thrown inside and Odell didn't come inside with the ball necessarily and a couple huge, huge, huge plays made. Uh, we also saw a bobbled snap in the very beginning with about 11 minutes left that Lamar just picked up and ran for like 13 yards and then got laid out again on the sideline where he didn't exactly know. He tried to point Nick Boyle out. Um, but the penalties were definitely killers. They took away interceptions. It felt like Baker Mayfield was due to throw an interception 
from the start of this game until he finally did at the end of the game to Marlon Humphrey, which was he had the one called back on LJ Ford too. So yeah, it was kind of he was toying with it for sure. LJ Ford had a nasty little one hand snag. <laughs> yeah. On fourth down, and, so it was kind of wouldn't have been a great play necessarily, but yeah, it would have been sick for him to get that uh, one hander. It was a highlight. If you don't look at the down, it was a highlight. right. Yeah, exactly. You know, and then just a cool he had thing. the other ball that hit the ground and that whole fiasco of what's a catch, did the ground assist, evade, whatever. And uh, so those were both interesting. There were also so many tip balls, even on both sides. Really, uh, the Ravens were able to tip quite a few of Baker Mayfield's passes. And the defense just really stood up in the second half other than penalties, not letting up any big plays, no chunk gains. Um, Jimmy Smith was called for, I believe it was a hold or an illegal contact, not a PI, but it was just a press. And his hands came up and smacked in the face mask. That got called, of course. It felt like anything, I'm not saying it wasn't a penalty, but anything that could have been called was called on the Ravens defense. And we've seen that happen a couple of times in recent weeks. And they're able to keep standing up and making plays. Uh, so it was awesome. Justice Hill also uh, had a, his best game as a pro. I mean, Mark Ingram went out, and Justice Hill seemed like he was able to catch some rhythm and make a couple big plays. Had a nice rush for a first down. Obviously had the touchdown. Had a uh, catch on a swing pass. And the Ravens were able to really roll through. Lamar just hit his rhythm. And once he catches into that rhythm, it's it seems like it's always game over every time this year. Uh, so kudos to him. Kudos to this team. Kudos to the defense who blitzed and didn't get beat. There were no huge plays, uh, nothing you know crazy. And the accuracy of Lamar Jackson, there was the throw to Miles Boykin where Lamar started to roll and then he kind of sent Boykin up towards the end zone and pointed it out and there was a flag on the play and all kinds of stuff. Lamar got hit on that play. There was a roughing the passer after that and just composure. The sweatshirt that John Harbaugh had really said it all. It was ferocious what was it ferocious discipline yeah something like that he said apparently Bashadi was the uh catalyst behind that one being produced it is cheesy but truly they play a man's game and they play as such a unit they do have great discipline so they play as an aggressor they play as a hunter this is a man who asked like where the wise man and the scholar and the philosopher of this age are after they were like not favored on a betting line by like a touchdown or something like that. Like he was that offended that he was talking about how the media just doesn't have any like smart people anymore, like a, a total rant. So you're talking about John F Harbaugh right there. Just, you know, throwing that out there. <laughs> he does what he needs to fire the guys up and whatever. I mean, props included. I mean, he'll, he'll break a sword or a shovel or something out, you know, you just got to dig deep. You know? He loves the number one person who was born to wear salute to service camouflage sweatshirts with NFL insignias on them is John Harbaugh. Nobody loves the troops more than me, but John Harbaugh is up there as well. Mm, you don't love the troops as much as John Harbaugh. No, I, nobody loves the troops more than me. No, John Harbaugh. No, Every time. No, nobody loves the troops more than me. Mm, Jim, I think I, I love. I think John Harbaugh loves the troops. But yeah, we also had that mailbag question: How many times is Tony Romo going to like rip on Lamar Jackson? I wasn't necessarily like hovering on every word Romo said, but I was able to listen to most of it because I just watched it indoors and, um, well indoors, you watch it indoors too. I watched it in the comfort of my buddy's apartment and where it was able to hear everything and he didn't rip on Lamar at all. So that was the under, as we anticipated, we are truly sightseers. 
And uh, yeah, I think that's like maybe a narrative that's born out of the fact that like Tony never like won anything really significant. Um, but I, he doesn't really think that way. I don't think like he's just he loves every player in my mind, at least. Absolutely. Which is uh, it has its positives and its drawbacks, I think. But I think I, I like it for the most part. I think he's a, a good guy and a good commentator. Obviously, yeah, I was. He, a he huge... was. It was a. It was a joy to listen to him after the Dan Fouts, Booger McFarlands. Yeah, uh, fuck all that. Like, give me, give me Romo. Like, even if he's going to be ball washing, like... he needs to be cloned. If there's a human that needs to be cloned, it's Romo, so he can do all the games. Yeah. He's like, he's number one priority. Give me, give me a guy that just throw a guy in there who just loves football and it's just going to be like very enthusiastic and like break stuff down. Like, I don't know. I like that. Exactly. Kind of like and... you. Sure. You're yeah, just, you're just like Tony Romo. I have yeah. a, I have a huge mansion and a bunch of blonde babies. You know, you're not doing too bad <laughs> in that respect. I'm doing all right. We'll see. He's, he's got a few years. I mean, we'll see, Tony. I might, I might come out for the Cowboys. I might sling a Patrick too. Maybe we'll get but, a nice uh, Chaps sponsorship as well. He's sponsored by Chaps. And Corona. Chaps is sick, dude. I have, a, I have a pretty nice uh, Chaps travel bag. They are fantastic. But getting back to the game, so we see Odell Beckham snags a touchdown down the goal line. Beautiful ball by Mayfield over Marcus Peters. Who made a, a, he just didn't really have anywhere to make a play. Good or bad game for Marcus Peters? I wouldn't call it a bad game. I think he played well. Okay. Yeah, I agree. He uh, messed himself up for on that little tackle. And, of course, it's like the one time he stuck his nose in and made a He had, like, the penalty, too, on the fort interception. He got that taken away and also gave them the first down on what was the fourth down. So I don't that, call that on – I don't say that's on him, though, because Marlon Humphrey Oh, no, yeah, those. you were going off Jimmy on that Smith in the group chat, those. right? Yeah. They are a grabby bunch. They love to grab and hold and disrupt the route and do all that shit. So that happens. And then, I mean, really the biggest play of the game was the drop – on the two-point conversion, right. uh, they ran a nice little pick route. Brandon Carr wasn't able to get to number 83, I believe, Seals-Jones. This is wide open for the most part, yeah. Dropped that ball, and then the Ravens were able to obviously just milk the clock down, run the clock out. That was very deflating. Uh, definitely you know, good pass by Mayfield. Gus Edwards came in, broke some tackles. He had a couple rips in this game. And, I mean, as much as I do love Mark Ingram – I have been on the Gus Edwards train, and I would love to see just for like. It's I like think Madden you mean franchise. the uh, Gus Edwards bus. Yeah, I like. I'm the driver that. of the bus, bus, the bus, bus, the Gus bus, bus. But he, I would love to see like Madden franchise mode wise, just what he would do as a feature back that gets 20 touches a game in this offense, in hey, any coach, offense. I think this guy could really be a feature back for us. We have to give him 10 carries next game or two touchdowns for him to get the you know experience package that he needs to upgrade himself yeah and then you get the little comments the little uh hey coach should we what should we do on this bye week here should we uh you know go out and party or should we you know hit the hit the slope well, yeah it's like what the fuck like you guys are professionals like i don't know yeah i'm what never gonna supposed- tell you guys to I, I send him home every time i send him home yeah no i'm a big players coach personally i'm like a coach out there obviously we're big hardball guys oh yeah but, yeah, so it was, I mean, good to see him rip a little bit. The offensive line played relatively very well. There wasn't any quick pressure. Uh, the Browns just truly lost composure again. Sheldon Richardson acting like a dick. Odell Beckham doing his little oogly googly moogly. <laughs> that was terrible. Can we talk about that? <laughs> it was just, like, what the? What a loser. Uh, I mean, he seriously. Can, he calls them big time doing that. It's like, come on, man. Two like, things that need to die in 2019 
are Odell Beckham putting up a towel or a hand to whisper to the opposing team's quarterback after taking a big fat L. Come get me. That that needs a stop. That pisses me off. Number two. I love it. This is this is just general NFL rule of thumb. I can't stand receivers begging for PIs after the play anymore. It's 13 times a game on every team. All receivers do is beg for PIs. I can't take it. It's like I watched an entire day of football today and not to brag. All, all I see is receivers begging for PIs nonstop all day, every day. There's football being played. Cut it the fuck out. Shut up. Get back to the line. They're going to throw the flag or they're not. It can be challenged. Obviously, not actually because Jimmy Smith didn't even fucking touch his man. That was so stupid. But stop begging for PIs. That's that's my takeaway from today as a whole. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I you know, and it might be a function of the fact that like the PIs are very much you know under the scrutiny this year after the whole you know thing in the offseason where they changed the rules, which reports now coming out they may be looking to change the rules back so pi not reviewable anymore next year potentially which i think is probably the right move but for now yeah it feels like they are going to be appealing pretty much nonstop, uh and they're going to be looking like the uh, a bunch of lads out on the pitch out there uh appealing to the the referee to to you know get a nice card it's it's a little soccer ref for you there so it's reached a breaking point for me. Yeah, just they. I wish they would all get red cards. Like you need to start. They need to start giving out five yard down losses for begging for PIs after the play. That's I, actually, I mean, it's a good point. Like, I, you know, at what point are you just like, all right, guys, can we calm down with this shit? Like, I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. You're sick of it. You're you know, shut it down. Is what you're saying, John Tapper? Shut it down. Shut it the fuck down. That's it. You're out of here. Shut it down. Do you want to be a pirate or do you want to send your kids to college? <laughs> it was a great episode. Did you ever see that episode? Yes. The, the pirate party. Yeah, it was in Silver Spring, I think. Was it? I don't, yeah, it was I like yeah, somewhere in Maryland. Yep. I remember the episode. I don't remember the location. But great show. Shout out John Taffer. I've of- watched many a Bar Rescue episode while hungover and struggling. So shout out to you, John, for your It's help. the best. It's one of those shows. They say friends like – Calms anxiety if you Entourage, watch it. big anxiety show. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that for sure. I would put Entourage and I would put Bar Rescue in, in there. And I'm sure there's a couple other. Everybody loves Raymond. I'm not sure if this qualifies, but if you need to take a nap. Oh, yeah, you can fall asleep to that for sure. Oh, my God. Go in your living room, put on everybody Robert, Raymond, and you'll be out. Why don't, you, why don't you tell mom that my wife said, you know, something crazy. Come on. <laughs> Well, Ray, man, Ray, uh, you know, I, you know, didn't mean to do anything wrong, but I was just dropping the kids off at school. What do I know? Oh, Ray, I'm your dad. I'm old as fuck, and I hate minorities. Ray, we used to be able to say racist stuff, but we can't anymore. What is this? <laughs> it's a good show. I like. I like everybody loves Raymond. Non-sports season high school naps on my Shea Lounge, my mom's living room. Yeah, ESPN writer yes. Ray Barone. I think so, right? <laughs> or he was like a sports writer, I think, in the show, right? Yes, he was. He covered the Mets, I believe. Since it might have been the Knicks. It hey, was the Knicks. It was the Knicks. It was the Knicks. Bobby Bonilla. Get a load of this guy. Hey, Bobby Bonilla. It's Bobby Bonilla Day, everybody. Hey, he gets yeah. paid a million dollars hey. once a year. Where's the Gabagool? In the fresh Pumajan. Oh. Look at this guy. 
we've devolved as usual. That means we've done a great episode. You guys love it. And yeah, so Ravens were able to put this shit away, held the Browns under 20 points. Defense is going to finish as a top five unit. As uh, some predicted, some did not. They did lose Eric Weddle, so I don't know how they were supposed to get over that one. Like I don't know, they didn't even bring anybody in to replace him at safety or anything. They sure didn't. But yeah, so defense is going to finish very strongly. Held the Browns under 300 yards. They were suffocating them in the second half. Overcame the penalties. Overcame the slop fest. Overcame being like hungover or something. I don't know what the hell they were doing at the beginning of the game. Bad play calling at first. Browns couldn't capitalize. Uh, they're not going to go get Odell Beckham. That's going to be breaking news for me. Uh, they're they're not going to come. No, he said, "Come get me." That's pretty enticing. It's so provocative when Odell says, "Come get me." Jimmy G, come get me. But yeah, so they're not going to go get Odell. Jarvis Landry was pretty scrappy. He had a couple broken tackles in this one. They really shut Nick Chubb down, which was obviously the the big uh, question mark after the last game. The Browns opened the game, I believe, on their opening possession. Had some little outside sweep shit where they kind of faked that they were going to cut outside and cut right up the hole and had like a 15-yard rush. And it was like, oh, God, please no. And suffocated after that. Brandon Williams was in. LJ Ford had a hell of a game. Josh Bynes got in some holes. Uh, nice. And Sick. yeah, he the Ravens defense did a great job. Offense started to click, fed off of each other. And Ravens, the road comes through Baltimore. It looks like most likely opponents are going to be uh, either the Titans or the Texans to be in the divisional game in that first matchup. And maybe the Texans want to come to town and see if they can give a little rustle more so than they did in the 41 to seven Molly whopping that happened last time they played. I would think they could be a little more frisky, but Bill O'Brien is hot trash in the playoffs. So maybe not necessarily a win, but maybe a competitive game. Texans GM Bill O'Brien, not great in the uh, playoffs. Not at all. Not at all. That's like the old Andy Reed, which leads to Andy Reed and the chiefs being destined to go back to new England and have that little bloodbath that'll ensue. And the Patriots are going to have a week off, so that's going to make it really tough. But I believe that the Chiefs are the more talented team. Jake believes that the Patriots have the more talented coach, and it's going to be a tough one there. And if the Ravens are able to you know, handle fucking business and do what they've only been able to do once before as a franchise, have a bye and win a game, then it's going to be... Chiefs or Patriots in Baltimore for the AFC championship game. And I would like to be so I would like to remember what happens in that game, but I'm going to end up in prison. If that happens, if the Patriots come to Baltimore in the AFC championship, I will wake up in jail. Yeah. I mean, it's something that I could certainly see happening and I'm not one of those people that is writing them off, you know, at all. I, it's kind of funny because like I'm on that train for sure, but after they beat the Bills at home by like one score, all their fans were just coming out in droves, taking shot at like the taking shots at the Ravens and like it's oh. just Dave Portnoy. Well, yeah, he's de- definitely leading that contingent. But then you got all these like eighteen-year-old assholes drinking Keystone Lights, you know, thinking their shit doesn't stink because they haven't existed in a world where the Patriots aren't like winning twelve games every year. But yeah, I just you know, I wouldn't necessarily be chirping myself to death after beating the Bills at home by one score, but it is what it is. The Patriots' magic X factor is their little freaking pitch back, double reverse pass. Every fucking game. It's In the postseason, though, they have their like super crafty plays 
Well, they do that. Edelman used to play quarterback at Kent State. Oh no, Jim. Well, it's like yeah, you can you can make fun of it all you want, but it feels like they're the only teams that like have these cool trick plays. It's like, Hey guys, like you should probably be using them more than the Patriots should. So like, why don't more teams come up with trick plays? Like that's kind of my, it feels like everyone knows that they're coming now and they don't work anymore. Yeah. They kind of have had some issues going back to super bowl 52. I believe it was when old Tommy dropped the, uh, little Amendola pass. And then yeah, everything was great. It was a 13 yard gain. It wasn't, you know, long down their throat with the Philly special. So yeah, Right. And now it's like, all right, if you're playing safety and some shit starts going outside, don't let shit go blowing by you. Sony Michelle doesn't feel and that offensive line doesn't feel like they can really do damage. So I've said it before. I believe that the Chiefs will end up in Baltimore in the AFC championship. One of those two teams will represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. That is the worst matchup in the AFC for the Ravens. And we'll, uh, by my estimation, see good old Suggsy back in Baltimore yet again and see what happens. Yep. In my mind, I think it's going to be the Patriots and uh, it's going to be a hell of a game either way. But yeah, I guess we'll we'll have plenty of time to hash that out. I mean, first they have to win in the divisional round too. So let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. But uh, regardless, um, should we get out of here? Let's get out of here. One last note is that I'm counting. Lamar Jackson has one playoff win officially in the (laughs) 2020. The 2020 Wild card round, Lamar Jackson takes a W. But what about the wild card round last year where they put seven defensive backs on the field against the offense that they're using this year because it's the same offense? Well, Jim, there's no different there talent. Might be a re- there might be a recipe. Offensive coordinators, offense there's too. a recipe, you know, seven defensive backs. So there's a formula. I don't know why more people aren't using it. Yep. But I mean, that's easy. what the Patriots are going to do. Who doesn't see that coming? They held back the first game. Yeah, exactly. They, wanted, they lost they on purpose they so they, they could come down here again. And yeah, they, they just, yeah. Portnoy's on the inside. Patriots, seven DBs, undefeated Super Bowl champions, 50 years in a row, Patriots. I don't give a fuck about Patriots fans. They don't know anything about football for the most part. So I defer. I think that Boston sports fans are the most well-educated as a whole, but there's definitely a shitload of idiots. I just think that they focus on their team, and that's it. Like They have every right to because they only – their season starts I mean, in the AFC Championship came on game. Here, he was like, I only watched Boston sports. Yeah, like why would you watch any other team? Like your team They're is- very uh, team-centric, Boston-centric, whatever. Good for them. Southie, it's tough. I'm rough. I'm Mark Wahlberg. Uh, Mark Wahlberg, a little bit of a checkered history there. So, <laughs> And uh, yeah, but that'll do, Donkey. The Ravens are your 2019-2021 seed, and the road comes through Baltimore, big boys. It sure does. It's going to be a fuckload of fun uh, ripping it up downtown, wherever you are, watching this team take on whoever, you know, is uh, think they're going to bring the smoke in the playoffs. So it'll be a lot of fun. Um, For now, we should definitely check out because you and I are both feeling it. That's for sure. Uh, So nothing else you want to say before we get rolling? Go Ravens. Go Ravens. So, yeah, uh, appreciate everyone listening, uh, even though the show is probably uh, maybe a little more low T than usual. But regardless, uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at Podcast Beatdown. You can follow me at Jake Luke. That's L O U Q U E is how you spell my last name for some reason. You can follow Look-wah. Spencer. Yep, exactly. Look, look you. You can follow Spencer at Ravens for Dummies. That's the number four. 
please uh, subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. If you were on uh, Apple or iTunes, whatever the fuck it's called, leave a five-star rating for us. Uh, five stars. Now do it, clown. Make me laugh. Yeah, just do it. Um, you know, make my day, punk. So just do that. And, uh, yeah, we appreciate all the engagement and everything. It's been fun. We cracked that uh, 100K milestone. Um, we did. Yeah, the other day. So, unfortunately, my uh, vision didn't come true. My irony. 99,989. Yeah, whatever downloads. whatever the number would be that just didn't get us there when we had already like been spiking the football. But regardless, uh, we got there. So, appreciate all the support and uh, onward and upward. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. May I have another, sir? See ya. Peace. You see, I don't I ain't no big sack, man. I don't like sacks, man. I love mm. See, sacks take me out of my game. I like running folks yeah, down. I like interceptions and touchdowns. Busting up the screen. Blocking punts. Like, <laughs> you in the gutter. You yeah, I like that. You in the gutter. I like that bump of grass. He like the trick. That boy like yeah. to get down. I like down and dirty. I like busting up screen. Yeah. <laughs> I just like hitting quarterbacks. Yeah. That's, that's, that's what I'm that's saying. My, that's my plan. That's, that's a nice. I grab a quarterback. <laughs> 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 bang, 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 all day. <laughs> <laughs>